And we have become a generation that has become close enough to have faith for miracles, signs, and wonders, but not close enough to bring Jesus home. If you gave me the option, Jesus can speak a word and heal your servant, or Jesus can make his way to your home. I don't mind God speaking, but every time, 10 out of 10, I want Jesus to make his way to my home. Hey, my friends, welcome back to the Noteworthy Podcast. I am your host, Nathan French, and I'm so excited about today's episode. The audio clip that you just heard was Reverend Marcus Baptiste, a dynamic evangelist that is ministering to this hour, to this generation, and I'm so honored to have him as our guest on the Noteworthy Podcast today. Uh, Marcus and I became friends a couple of years ago. And I am just so excited to see everything that God is doing in his ministry. Today, we're going to be talking about the role of an evangelist. Uh, Brother Baptiste, of course, is an active evangelist in our movement. And we're going to talk about operating in the anointing as an evangelist, what that looks like. We're going to break it down and talk about it, unpack it in this conversation today. It's going to be a noteworthy conversation. Thanks for tuning in. Let's go. Well, hey, everybody, I am here with my friend Marcus Baptiste. Marcus, thank you for being on the podcast today, bro. I'm so excited to have you here. Yes, sir. Well, it's it's good to be on. <laughs> Man, I I have uh, really been wanting to to have you on the show. I, I know we got to connect a little bit before we hit record here, but you have been on my top five guest list for like two years now. Um, ever since we met at Midwest Youth Conference. And I just see the hand of God working in your life. I see what God is doing. We got to connect again. This year, you preached Reset, which is a youth conference at my church. Shameless plug there. And uh, (laughs) man, you blessed us. You stayed over on Sunday. We got to hang out, spend a lot of time together. And uh, bro, I'm just, I'm excited. Tell us a little bit about uh, for the listeners that may not know you, uh, we're, just to kind of set up the conversation, we're going to be talking a little bit about the role of an evangelist today, because of course you are an evangelist operating the anointing, operating in the gifts of the spirit. And uh, But before we get into all that, could you kind of just tell the audience about you, your family, you know, where you live, where you're from? Just give us a little backstory before we dive into the main topic today. Yeah, well, um, as as Nathan French has already stated, um, we connected just a little bit ago, uh, and uh, it's been it's been a kingdom uh, a kingdom privilege in my estimation. So, yeah. but nonetheless, um, I'm I'm from Florida. I, I do I do have some history in the Northeast, uh, and particularly New York, 45 minutes outside of Manhattan, small small village actually called Spring Valley, uh, but. I've been in Florida since I was 12. So, so, you know, that's, that's home for me. Uh, wasn't raised in church. Parents were in church. Um, uh, I'm, I have a Haitian, I'm of Haitian descent. So 
uh, Haitians are quite religious to some extent, um, and that could be a good or bad thing. And if you know anything about, you know, Haitian culture, uh, that's self-explanatory. But uh, nonetheless, um, uh, my mom worked two, three jobs as a single mom just to kind of get us through life. One of the hardest working people I know. Um, and to wow. do that with two kids, uh, she ended up putting us both in um, in a babysitting situation. Uh, it wasn't uh, the it wasn't probably the ideal case. It was just you know a grandma who would be willing you know to watch us for a few bucks. Uh, their stipulation was uh, if we did if they did come into that arrangement, we would have to go to church with them on Sunday. So. Uh, wow. That was my first experience with Pentecost. Uh, it was a, an Assemblies of God church. Uh, the Assemblies of God, uh, and this isn't a disparaging remark. This is just um, clear observation. They've kind of moved away from their more obvious Pentecostal uh, persuasion that they used to have. But at the time, wow. they were that I went to this church. This church held a, uh, held a lot of the. Pentecostal um, characteristics. And so, you know, people would speak in tongues, fall out, various things like that. So that was my first exposure kind of to like the moving of the spirit. And it really framed my thinking around Christianity. It was very dense. Um, part of that was a more minority setting. Uh, that's moving away from, it's, it, things are moving away from that being the case now. But uh, they, you know, the commercialized form of Christianity wasn't uh, prolific in the minority context as it is now. So uh, a lot of the church setting was, you know, you didn't have like Sunday schools where like you were just drawing pictures. Like you, you got a lot of heavy teaching, you know, you would sit in three hour services, you know, you know, there was no pulling right. punches. It wasn't, it wasn't 12 steps to be a better person. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> You know, yeah. like it was just dense, you know, uh, and that's typically because, you know, America's kind of been the trendsetter of what churches look like for the last, you know, a little bit. Nonetheless, um, I moved to Florida, uh, 12 years old, 12 years old, custody changed. Now I'm living with my dad. Um, and my dad was more um, religiously um, inclined than my mom. And so uh, uh, going to church for him was something he wanted us to do, not as a means to ends or just for, you know, supervision, but, you know, he actually wanted us to take on a spiritual, you know, journey ourselves, even though he necessarily wasn't going to church or anything like that. Wow. I tried a few churches out. Uh, it was really like, you know, it was, there were trendy churches and that was different for me. You know, like I remember being 12 and like going to uh, another, so quite, quite, uh, uh, quite shockingly, another Assemblies of God church. And, um, and they had like lights, pizza games running around. And I, I distinctly remember like walking in and I was so shocked. I'm like, wow, this isn't church. And I remember asking like the youth pastor, I was like, like are we going to talk about like the Bible? Like, you know, like, you know, I remember asking him, like, you know, like, you know, like, do you guys talk about like the end times? Like, you know, cause that's what I was familiar with. Like, you yeah. know, like, right. you know, church was very serious, you know? And so nonetheless, fast forward, I, I, I obviously didn't stick around. Um, I did my own thing for a little bit, but uh, at probably 15, you know, I was arrested with the reality of, you know, uh, of, I was arrested with the reality of statistics. Mm. Uh, I examined kind of what life would probably have for me uh, coming from the background that I did. Um, there were a few close people in my life that had gone about gone down a very um, scary road. Um, and I didn't see much hope um, in, in what would lie ahead for myself. And so that was kind of my, 
um, that was kind of my moment where, you know, I, I sought God wow. and uh, I, I asked God to kind of change, you know, uh, me and to, you know, somehow, some way, just don't let me become another number. Um, move forward a little bit um, without making a long story long, uh, longer. Um, I, uh, I ended up seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you know, got my word and I wanted that experience, called around a few churches found the church that I currently attend now, Pentecostals of the Land. Um, still remember the voicemail my pastor left me on the phone um, uh, in in response to my curiosity of the infilling of the Spirit. And uh, I, I've, I've been in church ever since. The Lord's done a great work in my family. Uh, my sister, she is a uh, associate missionary in to the nation of Spain. Uh, my cousin who got in church and his wife who got in church later, uh, is our hyphen leaders. My little brother serves on the youth team, uh, and I get the privilege of traveling and being on staff at my church. So, um, so God's God's been faithful. So that's in in uh, in a nutshell. That's that's kind of it's kind of my story. Man, that's so awesome. I hadn't we hadn't got to really connect fully ab- about your background. So I learned some yeah. some new things about you today, and uh, I, I've often said on the podcast. Uh, to my guest, if I never, like, if, if I forgot to hit record, like, oh, no, I've totally forgot to record any of yeah. that. These conversations are so priceless to me. I mean, just getting to hear the part of the story that not everybody gets to hear. And yeah. uh, man, I'm just, I'm really honored to have you here today. I, uh, I'm thankful that, as you said, a, a kingdom connection. I really am thankful that the kingdom has connected us. And, yeah. uh, and I'm excited about this topic today. Um, this is the 156th episode of the show. Um, and so we have never talked about this exact topic. And so I'm really excited about it. Um, and today on the show, I wanted to uh, pick your brain a little bit and let you unpack how you feel about the role of an evangelist of course, operating in the anointing. Um, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, it says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to break down your thoughts on the role of an evangelist how you operate in the fivefold ministry when you approach a church as an evangelist. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to give you a heads up. I'm notorious for um, giving what, what might seem as convoluted answers to very simple questions. So um, bear We're with here me. for it, bro. We're here okay. for it. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate, appreciate uh, the unity there. Um, yeah, you know, um, the, the role of an evangelist. So I, I think it's appropriate. I think sometimes we want things to be black and white. And, 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 and there are a lot of things that are. But, but I've learned that in the complexities of how things are materialized, um, uh, it's, it's exactly that complex. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I say all that to say is the best thing that I can speak to um, in in tailoring my answer to the audience that I'm assuming uh, you have is, is probably a more younger crowd. There's those who are aspiring, you know, to yes. be in ministry or further engage what they're doing in ministry. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So 
Okay, so I want to keep that in mind. Um, I think we have oversimplified um, what an evangelist looks like and not have focused enough on what an evangelist does. And those mm. are two different things for me. So okay. yeah. um, because there were moments where there were people who traveled around for the purpose of seeing large numbers of people converted, um, we took what that looked like, the traveling around, for what the role of evangelist did, and that was conversion. And so, um, at number one, I want to establish a reality that, like, an evangelist, in my estimation, is somebody who primarily deals with the conversion of souls. They have a, uh, I'm not talking about just um, uh, uh, a general, uh, a general commissional aspect of conversion, you know, okay. yeah. disciples. I'm talking about very specifically, like, you know, like, you know, all ministers are supposed to engage in some level of, of shepherding. I, I know some, I, I hope n- nobody would dispute that, but, um, to see God's people as sheep and to engage them as such, you know, everybody should engage, you know, the mission, everybody should engage in some form of teaching, you know, everybody should engage in, uh, some, right. some, some prophetic inclination, uh, where the spirit is able to speak freely through whatever we do. Um, and so, and everybody should engage in the work of evangelists, you know, but when we're talking about an evangelist, we're talking about a specific, uh, gift, would probably the best language that the Bible uses uh, to the body that is um, in, in that is um, brought to light through uh, a, a a minister uh, for the for a a specific uh, duty or responsibility of conversion. And so, let me be very clear when I say this. I want to make sure we're understanding this correctly. Like, if I, if I say pastor, you know, we we've, yeah. we're very clear on what that means. That that is a role. That somebody fulfills. Um, when I say evangelist, um, that is a that is a role that somebody fulfills. Um, it is a it is a gift to enable a role. Um, and so uh, that's that's kind of how I see it. It's it's primarily dealing with the conversion of souls, um, seeing people baptized, seeing people receive the Holy Ghost, seeing people come to repentance. Um, that's what I would say an evangelist is. Um, where that gift works in terms of, or how that, sorry, how that role is expressed um, might be through a traveling minister, might be seen on a local context, might be seen on a high school campus, might be seen on a, co- on a college campus. But nonetheless, um, the role of the evangelist still stays the same. So I hope that kind of gives some clarity maybe to some that would have some concern. Um, and I'll throw this in there and then I'll, I'll let you kind of take it from there. But I've met a lot of Go people ahead. who felt the call to evangelize. Um, and I think they were misinterpreting what God was asking and their misinterpretation of what God asked, um, produced a misinterpret or, or, or a missed response in how, um, how, how they answered that call. Does that make any sense? Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And see, I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation because I do feel like you're, you're hitting on a topic that is important. Um, and I, I'm trying to think of how to say this best. Um, I, I guess it's my podcast, so I don't know. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just jump in, you know, yeah, but you know, I don't know how else to say it, but, um, I do feel like sometimes, uh, you know, you hit on the point that an evangelist, the, the conversion of souls, of course, is a, a top priority when you go into a church. You're trying to see people filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, 
and uh, just just to encourage you as an evangelist, and I'm I'm sure that you hear this a lot, but um, you know when you go through Ephesians four, you see apostles, um, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and and teachers, and it's so funny to me, like when you see, and I say funny, that's totally the wrong word, but I think you'll get my point. You'll see yeah. somebody like yourself come in and like 10 people get the Holy Ghost on Sunday morning. And you said everything that the pastor says, like, like every, every other Sunday, right? They're like driving it home. But there's something so powerful about the fivefold ministry when yeah. God ordains an evangelist, somebody that has come in, faith is high, they have built faith, and they're, and tell me if you agree with this, but there's something about just hearing it from somebody else that is yeah. so powerful that it's, it's not that the pastor isn't evangelistic, you know, like, for example, my brother Ryan is our associate pastor, and I always tease him, I'm like, you're like an evangelist, bro, and you've been an associate pastor for over 10 years now, yeah. and he's always preaching in that evangelistic style, but then somebody like yourself comes in, and and we'll see a harvest, and yeah. I, I think that that's something that's so special about your role as an evangelist. I would step out on a limb for you, though, from somebody who is not an evangelist on the other side of the table here, is I think we have to be careful as a movement not to box in the evangelist and feel like, like, what if God has given the evangelist a word that maybe isn't just specifically a push for the Holy Ghost or specifically yeah. a push for baptism? I feel like for the evangelist to operate in its biblical capacity, they have to have the liberty to say what thus saith the Lord. And so I'm thankful for people like yourself that that come in. And uh, one of my favorite things about Reset, and I'm just going to share this little funny story here. Sorry, bro. I'm going to just throw you under the bus here. I thought this was so great. So, so for the listeners, Marcus comes, preaches this phenomenal message on Friday night at Reset. And he's reading Psalm, I think it was Psalm chapter 64. Yeah. <laughs> And, and he's reading through the text and as he's reading it, things just kind of start getting like, it's one of those strange scriptures where you're like, you're kind of trying to figure out like what's happening. Like, it's like, as the fight, as the darts of the wicked are fired towards the, the, you know, the enemy and, and, cheekbones and yes, like, yeah, cheekbones being smitten, all this stuff. And you just kind of read and read and read and read. And then you get to your title and you're like the chosen, you know, to, to be chosen of God, you know, and I, I could, I didn't catch it. You covered it so well, but then after that night, Marcus came and told me, so I was supposed to read chapter 65 <laughs> and somehow I got lost. And so anyways, you totally pulled it together, bro. And nobody would have ever known, but I thought it was the greatest that you read the whole wrong chapter. And so, you know what? Only an evangelist could get away with something like that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, they, give, that's... they give grace to evangelists. They wouldn't give to a pastor. But I tell you what, the whole time as I was reading, I'm like, man, this is not my, this is not my text. <laughs> and like, but I'm like, cause I'm like, I'm like, well, maybe I just started earlier than I was supposed to. Right. I just kept on reading. I'm like, this is not my text. And I was like three quarters of the way through. I'm like, 
oh man it's like, like we're, we're we in now yeah we just close our bibles lift our hands we're just gonna have to make this <laughs> thank god you didn't like change your your title you know like no no cheekbones no. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, smite, the smiting of the cheekbone is that you could have just flowed yeah <laughs> oh, i love it well man um i want to talk a little bit about uh travel versus local ministry and uh i know that you're very involved in your local church as well and um you know, I know every evangelist has a little bit different capacity on how much they travel versus how much they're home. Um, some evangelists really just are released. They don't really have any involvement at home, except they just, you know, go to church every once in a while when they're in town. Um, and then certain evangelists have more local responsibilities when they're home. I know you spend a lot of time on the road at conferences, you know, camps, youth camps, ministry, et cetera. How do you balance that with uh, working in the local church versus evangelism? Man, that is a great question posed to the wrong person. Uh, <laughs> uh, I really, I really don't know, man. Um, it, it, it is hard. It is hard. And there are. Some, I used to idolize, and you know, obviously that's probably not the best term to use. But I, 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 I reverence. Maybe that's a you know more. Uh, precise language, but I, like, I, I had a lot of reverence for people who, who could balance both spheres of, of ministerial responsibility. And, um, and he, so catch me if I'm wrong, but, um, cause I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to steer this conversation away from where, where, uh, it's intending to go. Um, my heart, you know, is for mission. Okay. So if I'm fulfilling mission, yeah, I had a preacher ask me so just a few weeks ago, he said, he said, Marcus, what is your purpose? Like, what's mm. your purpose? Uh, and um, this is a guy I, I really respect. And he just posed the question, Marcus, what's your purpose? And he, he looked at me and said, you know, Marcus, you know, my purpose is to disciple make and make disciple makers. Wow. Um, that's my purpose. And he said, what's your purpose? And I, I told him, well, I said, well, my purpose is mission. Like, that's my purpose, like establishing and expanding the kingdom of God. Yeah. Um, that has that has been my purpose. Um, I find that in, in 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 to connect that to the question that was asked. I find that we get so caught up in a role that it overshadows our purpose. Mm. Wow! Because That's your good. purpose, your purpose is always going to find a place to be lived out. Okay, but we have a lot of purposeless people with a bunch of roles. Okay. So wow. you make the purpose fit various roles, but the purpose is what makes the role effective. But when you wow. lose the purpose and you hold on to the role, you're shallow. There's no substance there. It's not effective. And so uh, I know as crazy as this sound, and this is, and this is going to sound terrible, I became much more effective as whatever you want to call it, like an evangelist, whatever, when I, when I stopped trying to make the role work. I just was living out my purpose. And yeah. when I started living out my purpose, the role worked, you know? So, yeah. so, 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 so that's the thing, like, like take Jesus, for instance, you know, Jesus, Jesus fills out these various roles, but the substance of who he is, is the word made flesh. And so in, in the same way, whatever context you put him in, like if you put him as the carpenter, if you put him as the healer, if you put him as the Messiah, 
he 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 flourishes in his role because he understands his purpose. And so for me, um, uh, the balance of the two, and, and I will say it's it's for me at least it's, it's been difficult. Um, but I I I find that I'm more effective when I'm not worried about the role. I'm worried yeah. about the purpose and how wow. that materializes to the role. So. What I would say to people, and especially young guys, young guys, please hear me, because I have guys ask this all the time. Like, there's a lot of guys that want to be evangelists. There's a lot, and that's great. We need them. We need more of everything. We need more ministry in general. Yeah. Um, but what we don't need is purposeless ministers. They don't mm. know that they just have a role. The kingdom doesn't respond to you. You know, the kingdom doesn't respond to your role. The kingdom responds to your purpose. Yeah. What exactly are you living for? What exactly are you doing? You know, it's just like when Jesus showed up, the demons responded because of the purpose that was in him. The demon said, we know who you are. We know what your intentions are. You're here. You're here to bring judgment. You're here to bring about what we have been, what we've been talking about. They, they understood the yeah. purpose that was dwelling in him. And so live, live out your purpose. And I'm not trying to sound like, you know, um, self-help type, but. No, it's so good. Understand that for yourself. And, and, it, and, and the balance will come there. That's, you know, that's where the balance will come. Wow, man, that's so powerful. I love that. Um, I I think that um, people like yourself can can speak to that, and and anybody in in my experience, anytime that you see somebody that's traveling, and you see somebody that is also involved heavily in their local church, I consider that a compliment to that to that individual because. It is a very difficult thing to balance, and I feel like now this is something I've lived by, uh, and I've applied it to, to my life. I can't, I can't apply it to everybody else, and somebody else may have a different philosophy on this. But for me, uh, my wife Rachel and I, we get the privilege to travel quite a bit. I'm definitely not an evangelist; don't claim to be an evangelist, but we we are blessed to get to see the movement and see what God is doing, and we have a motto that because I'm not an evangelist, that um, what we do at our local church is our top priority because yeah. of our purpose, because yeah. of what God has called us to. And yeah. I, so I love how you're breaking down this context of, of God doesn't work through your role. He works through your purpose Yeah. Um, because I would, I would stick my neck out here to say, that if I were ever to stop focusing on my purpose and my calling, the calls would stop coming anyways. Yeah. That the reason that we get to do what we do is, is an overflow of what's happening already in our ministry. And yeah. sometimes people get that backwards. They don't want to pull from the overflow. They just want, they just want it to be the source yeah. They want they want their role to be the source of everything that they're doing, so thank you for for breaking that down for us. Um, when you travel our our movement, and I know this is an, an honest, a super honest question. Um, I really try to do this on the podcast just because I feel like that's what that's what I love so much about podcasts is we kind of get to hear the behind the scenes of how people feel about things. Um, when you travel our our movement. What strengths do you see? And also what challenges and weaknesses do we face in this generation when, when you travel? Because I know we all see them when we travel. What, yeah. what do you see? What's your observation? Yeah. 
Yeah, if we're speaking to the premier cohort, I mean, well, the premier cohort that that I I probably deal with the most is young people. Um, if we're speaking to that, uh, I think I think they're very zealous. They do have an appetite for the things of the kingdom. Um, there is a want to be um, uh, to be what God has asked them to be. Um, I think that's definite. I think it's seen, you know, in things like NAYC. You know, there's there's an appetite for that. Uh, so I would say that is a definite strength. I, I think maybe a, a premier deficiency that I that I see is that um, uh, uh, we're, 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 we're sometimes we have sometimes we have the right uh, goal. We don't have the proper methods. Um, and, 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 and that would probably probably my, my biggest concern or uh, a weakness that I see and, what, and I'll, I can elaborate on that more clearly. Um, you know, I think we assume certain things um, can replace, substitute other things. So uh, there's, there's an assumption um, that, that, that more church can make up for lack of devotion. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an assumption that um, that the word of faith can make up for your lack of daily digestion of the word. Um, there's an assumption that more intense altar calls will make up for a lack of a prayer life. Uh, and so I think that we're trying to reach the right thing, but sometimes how we're getting there, our methodology could be a little off. And um, I, 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 my probably the weakness that I see is, is, is sometimes in our method that we're trying to produce disciples. We're trying to produce committed Christ-like young people. Um, but, but I don't know if our method is in alignment with, with what is conducive to that. Well, yeah, my goodness. Um, I, I think that when people like yourself get the opportunity to, um, observe, as somebody who's on the outside looking in, meaning you're not a saint in that church, you're not on staff at that church. I think that's a, a valuable voice to to this generation. Um, this is one of my favorite questions, and I know it's kind of a depressing question, but I, I always enjoy hearing the answer because the feedback that that we get on this show a lot when it comes to Q&A, people sending in emails, um, this is the question that they lean on the most, especially when they're aspiring to any type of ministry. And that question is, what is one of the greatest challenges you've ever faced in your ministry and how did you overcome it? Um, Very, very big question, but um, I feel like this is the part of ministry that we don't talk about in pulpits as much. So we we talk about it on podcasts a little bit more. And um, so I'd like to hear your take on what's one of the greatest things you ever faced in your ministry and how did you overcome that obstacle? Yeah. And, and I, you know, I wish I had more biblical language to use for this answer, but I think the concepts are, are biblical. Um, and so, you know, um, uh, in, interpret what I'm saying d- despite um, uh, the, the yes, lack sir. of a proper language. But um, I think becoming um like accepting who I was in all of this was the biggest hurdle. Mm -hmm. I mean, the biggest hurdle. 
And um, I know a lot of times when things like that are said, they're said in a very self-centered, um, pseudo-Christian context. So let me give some explanation, because like I said, the language might sound unbiblical, but let me unpack that so you understand the, the concepts that I'm trying to bring in saying that. Um, uh, the biggest lesson I had to learn is, is, is that I'm not, I'm, I don't have to be anybody else. Yeah. Uh, God isn't calling me to be anybody else. That my spirit has been uniquely tailored for the time in which God has called me to exist in. Um, um, God want, wants me. That's what he yeah. wants. Yeah. Um, and my uniqueness was made for his pleasure and for his glory. Um, and so settling in that, uh, settling in the reality that, um, 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 and, and this is like, uh, I'm, I'm not defined by what I do. I'm defined by who I am. So I settle in with that. Um, uh, success to me is not preaching the biggest conferences. Success to me is being obedient for what God asked of Marcus. Because yeah. what God asked for you, and, and that was the issue, is that I was using someone else's litmus test to determine my success. And that's not success. Right. You know, like like as an evangelist, I'll give you, you know, if you're an evangelist, aspiring evangelist, you're listening, please hear me on this one. Um, you know, like I talk to guys, and with good intent, they'd be like, you know, um, are you staying busy? And, you know, you know, grace of God, you know, for my whole time evangelizing, that that has been the case. And it'd be like, yeah, well, well praise God. Like, it was a great thing. And w- without them without them saying it with any ill motive, they thought a successful evangelist was an evangelist with a busy schedule. Mm. Yeah. And that might've been for some other guy, but that's not what God asked of me. What God asked of me is what determined. So I had to become comfortable with, with who I was in all this. I had to be comfortable with the fact that um, I'm not God. Uh, I have lost my hero complex. My brother, I have lost my hero complex. Um, I don't believe, I don't believe you're the savior of your city. And I, and I know that's, that might be antithetical to what we preach nowadays. But I mean, I think I have scripture for that. There's only one who died. There's only one who's called to build a church. There's only one who can bring people into heaven and wash away sins. Now, Now, accepting who I was was on the flip side of just like, you know, how shall they hear without a preacher? I've, I've also accepted my role as a preacher. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not your therapist. I'm not right. a talent manager. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not a creative, um, uh, a creative director. I'm not, I'm not any of those things. I'm a preacher. Um, yeah. And if, 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 if for some reason that is insufficient of a role to play in our church context or social context, so be it, but that's who I am. So the biggest hurdle I had to get over was accepting who I was and who I was not. Um, yeah. And that has brought me so much peace. I, I see a lot of guys swimming or sorry, drowning in the shallow because they refuse to accept the responsibilities and the obligations that come with that. So what I mean by that is, is that you have you have a lot of men that um, um, they're, they're, they're poor CEOs, they're poor entrepreneurs, they're poor managers, they're poor, they're poor therapists, they're poor uh, uh, creative directors, uh, they're, they're poor um, civil rights activists, they're, they're poor pseudo politicians, uh, and they're also a poor preacher because they're trying to do all of that. When the one thing God called them to do was be a preacher. And yeah. I think there is a, there is a, there is a, there is a disorder 
in a lot of in, in ministry today amongst young guys that I see uh, where they're trying to be everything except what God asked them to be. God didn't ask you to be all those extras. I believe in therapy. My wife's going to school to be, you know, she's working on her master's in clinical counseling. I believe in all that stuff. But that's not what God asked me to be. God didn't ask me to be popular. He didn't ask me to be cool. He didn't ask me to be relevant. He didn't ask me to be any of that. He asked me to be a preacher. Um, and and the, the biggest hurdle um, that I had to get over was being okay with who I was and who I'm not. And you know what that gave me? It gave me peace to celebrate who somebody else was. Wow. Because I had my seat. That's the thing. I found my seat. When you're on a plane, unless you're flying Southwest, everybody <laughs> gets a seat number. Everybody gets a seat number. And when yeah. you don't find your seat, you're always sitting in somebody else's seat. And you're always conflicting with somebody because you're not in your spot. But because I'm in my spot and I know what God has asked me to be and who he's asked me not to be, I can celebrate you for being you. Because I'm not trying to be another version of you. I'm being who God's asked me to be to the body. And so uh, that has been the biggest hurdles, hurdle. And I implore young men, uh, don't get caught up trying to be everything that God has not required of you to be. You will, you will drown in the shallow of the everything, of the chaos, of, of the, I got to be this, I got to be that. No, specialize in being who God has asked you to be specialize in not being who God has asked you not to be. And wow. if you'll do that, you'll be okay. Man, that's so good. I love it, bro. Well, man, I'm so thankful for um, your voice in this generation. And I'm, uh, I see God's hand at work in your life. And I can see an anointing that, that is, is on you. And uh, I just want you to know that uh, the French family believes in you and, and we love you. And I, I'm, I'm so thankful that you found your, your seat, you found the spot, because where, where God has placed you is exactly where, where you need to be. And um, we need evangelists, we need pastors, we need, we need teachers, we need, um, we need people to be real and authentic to who God has, has called them to be. Um, but man, Marcus, this has been, this has been so awesome. I feel the Holy ghost here right now. And I, I know we're 35 minutes in, I, I wonder if you could pray over us and, yeah. uh, and if you could pray over the, the listeners that, are, that listen to this podcast, I know that you have encouraged them because you have encouraged me. And yeah. so we would be so honored and privileged if you would just pray over us today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to pray specifically because uh, I believe God, God uh, is inclined to specific prayers. Um, I, I want to pray against the the confusion um, that probably a lot of your listeners are dealing with because I believe God wants to give us clarity, especially yeah. in this day and hour. Father, right now in the name Jesus. of Jesus, God, I speak right. over every person under the sound of my voice, Father. God, that as their uh, as their natural ears are hearing me, God, that their spiritual ears would be in tune to what your spirit is doing in these last days. God, that you're not the author of confusion. Father, that uh, we, we don't buy into a spiritual form of evolution, uh, that we are just another, uh, another object that was created by accident. But God, we give in to your intentional design, not only naturally, but also spiritually, God, that you have purposes, you have places, 
that function outside of the boxes that religion or man can try to place us in. God, that are defined by the dimensions of the cross. And today, God, I ask God that you would give young people clarity to see who they are is directly connected to what you've asked of them. God, that success is not determined by a standard of an organization. It's determined by their obedience. Father, I pray, God, that you would refresh people's ministries who have been functioning in purposeless roles where they've lost what they're supposed to do and they're just trying to function in who uh, in what role they're supposed to operate in. God, I pray, God, that you would bring back the who they're supposed to be. God, I pray, God, that you would speak life to young men and young women that feel that they're confused. They don't see uh, the reason behind it all. And God, I ask that your kingdom would begin to work in them. Bring them back to a missional place where what they do was not defined by the call uh, in response to who they are, but the call in response to who's calling them, Father. God, that in our uh, inadequacies, in our ineptitude, Father, you are reaching beyond that. And what you ask for us is our availability, our obedience, and our submission. God, I speak to missionaries, God, that will be on this call. God, I speak, God, that you would enable them to be who they've called, who they've been asked to be. Prayer, God, God, I pray for prophets and evangelists, God. Sunday school teachers and preachers' wives, Father. God, that you would speak to the uniqueness of who they are. God, that you would fill them with purpose and allow their roles to bring about your pleasure and your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Man, this has been such such a privilege and such an honor to to finally get you on the podcast, bro. <laughs> well, we did and, it. <laughs> and you know what? I've I've got my notes here on my laptop, and uh, it says it says the role of an evangelist. But yeah. I feel some some revelation here today, and we are officially changing the title of this episode to the mission of an evangelist. And uh, I, I thank you for, for that revelation. I thank you for who you are. Please greet uh, your wife, Rachel. Just My wife, Rachel, just loves your wife so much. And we, we love you guys. And uh, man, we, we, we've got to get you back in Georgia as soon as possible. I'm, I'm still recording just to hold you to that. So I have legal right to, to say you said yes. But man, we, we love you so much. And I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Man, well, I, I appreciate you.